0: Mixing genres are hard. Ouch. Ouch. There must be a better way. Well, there is. Now, thanks to the Blendomatic 2000, you can put all your genres into one hopper. And with a push of a button, blend them up. What do you got? You got a mystery sci-fi fantasy? Put them in. Blend it up. Here you go. Pour it out and you got yourself a game system blendomatic 2000 only 15 payments of 1999 order now by internet or cod you're old enough to know what that means this is the misdirected mark
1: podcast a podcast about gaming game mastering and entertaining you our listeners we are explicit you have been warned and i'd like to thank mike willard for letting us use his music on our show now let's pick up those mics and get on with this thing. And with that, welcome to the four hundred eighty
2: seventh episode of the Mr. Christian Mark Podcast. Tonight we discuss genre blending in your tabletop role playing games. But before we go there, my name is Jerry. My name is Phil.
3: My name is Chris, and I am Old Man Logan.
1: All right, we are into the show proper. Uh, Bob, uh, where are we going next?
3: Uh, let's do our temperature check. See how everybody's feeling. Jerry, how you feeling?
0: Good. Good time. Enjoying myself. Phil. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm drinking a delicious Tim Hortons coffee. But boy, would we like what? to be sponsored by Tim oh boy, Hortons. Boy, would we like to be sponsored by Tim Hortons. I was feeling okay until I got my Tim Hortons coffee. And then I started feeling 100%. <laughs> I am doing well, by the way. I have dodged um, several uh, infected family members in the last like 24 <laughs> hours. Come up negative where a number of people have not. I think they're doing fine, but I am uh, dodging COVID. Seems like fun. Not, not as much as you think. <laughs> <laughs> I made my first save, though. Well, that's I feel good. fine.
1: So. I, uh, I just drank some, some uh, coffee grounds accidentally. Oh, that was gross. But uh, otherwise, I'm fine. I'm that good. would
0: not have happened to you if you had had a Tim Hortons cup of coffee. That's not true. I've had <laughs> coffee grounds on my Tim Hortons Shh, coffee too. They're not sponsoring us yet,
1: so they can say what I want. Again, <laughs> but that's not going to help us. I mean, that's true. But I mean, if we haven't gotten sponsored by now after seven years of doing Tim Hortons sponsorship ads that, without getting they, sponsored on the show, I feel like they don't know. They probably don't know. I don't think they know. I'm
3: pretty sure they don't know. Yeah, I mean, I also <laughs> I don't think they pretty care. I'm pretty sure they don't care.
0: I, I should I'll send a letter. I only ask for like though. a twenty dollars gift card. Yeah, I know. Just Bob and I need some coffees. I'm okay. enjoying my Calypso peach lemonade, which is delicious. This show's topic is not selling out. We can do that topic. We'll do a topic where we sell out everything for an entire show. You know,
3: we, we are horrible at just going in, you know, saying how we feel, and Bob, moving on Bob how do you sec- feel?
0: I got in and out.
3: <laughs> Bob, how do you feel? I feel pretty good right now. I'm so also fine. That's, that's that's good. That's good. I never get in and out of anything. Let's jump into the announcements, shall we?
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's Uh, do that. So we have a... um, That's not my color. Never mind. All right. Because we have a new show coming to the Misdirected Network.
2: Uh, Two of the gnomes have put together a new show, and it's FACO with Advantage. This is two friends that have been playing D&D for a long time. They love lots of other role-playing games, but D&D is their comfort food, and the internet is all about sharing pictures of your meals. So join gnomes Angela Murray and Jared Rasher as they discuss their love of D&D. By the time this show drops, the first
0: episode of Thaco with Advantage will be out there. By the also, way, I'm, enjoy.
1: I'm the other producer on that show. I do the editing. I help with it. I'm the backup host.
0: Is there an over under on how many episodes you're going to edit? All of them.
3: Excellent.
1: I don't have a DD podcast
0: right now, so
3: okay. That is uh, that is quite it's fine. I just
0: I remember the old days where Chris would be like, I'll edit your show.
1: I've actually been behind. <laughs> I've been one of the one of the pieces that's behind. Like it's a three person like thrust of getting this done. I'm like, I'm, I want to do this.
0: Let me tell you that Thaco with Advantage is. Everything I needed to know about the name of the show, Yep. Like, yeah, just the yeah. name of that show. I'm like, oh, I get it. We're talking about all forms of DD, correct? So, there
3: are loves of D. yeah. Three so, person that... thrust is my uh party band. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Damn, you took it! Good job, um, good job. Before we get to the feature segment, can I, can yeah, I talk about something else? Is. Like, a, a side, let's do an aside. Go what ahead. So, first, aside? I'm just gonna say, back with advantage wherever you get your good podcasts, go for it. <laughs> yeah, all those places. Is it out now? uh the, the announcement episode is up right now okay but and it's, it's, and the first episode is up right now when you hear this yes. okay now we've blended a couple other topics together let's get back to our main
2: topic wow. which is hey,
3: oh so it's, so it's a work. workshop 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 we're blending genres take this genre take that
0: genre, we're gonna squeeze them together and make something new here in the workshop
3: and don't so suck <laughs> Drink some Tim Hortons coffee.
0: Oh, that Tim Hortons coffee is just like a soothing balm for my voice. you feel
3: better? I do, thank you. How's your throat? Is it like sliced up and diced? Yeah, it's a
0: little rough. Anyway, while one genre in a game is good, two genres is better.
1: You know, what if we added a third?
0: I mean, we could add a third, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a third would be perfectly fine. How about a fourth?
0: Yeah, I mean, yes, four. It gets a little unwieldy, but I think we could do it.
3: Hey wait, what if we sprinkled some tone discussions in there along with safety? I mean that's a good idea as well, but I mean
0: no, 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 stop. We're just we're not doing this tonight. I'm staying on topic. What? Starting when? <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I can stay on topic if I want to. Tonight, tonight we are talking about blending genres. And we're going to talk about taking some common genres, smashing them together, making interesting things with them.
3: And I think we should probably open up the Panda Book of Definitions so that we can get the topic rolling. Mm-hmm. So here we go.
0: Behold, you are in the presence
3: of Definition
0: Panda. Definition Panda also runs off the Tim horton coffee. <laughs> Let's talk about a few topics. Number 1, genre. We talk about it here a lot on the show. I feel like you know what it is, but just in case, category of artistic composition as in music or literature characterized by similarities in form, style, or subject matter. Again, if you've been here before, you've heard us talk about it. Things from TV
2: tropes would include things like action, comedy, drama, horror, mystery, romance, thrillers,
1: and so on. We can also just go over to drive-through RPG, right? And then we can add fantasy Historical, modern and science fiction from that list.
0: That's their like top level ones. If you actually mm-hmm. go into teach one.: You can go they, way yeah, deeper, go way deeper. Genres make reference to the setting for the game, and using Jason Pitt's uh, terms, also the situation. that is, the things the characters will be doing. Genre influences both of those things.
1: Mm-hmm. situation's a great term.. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right?
0: it, yeah. I, I've ever since Jason came up with those four things, that is just the language I use to describe games. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about blending. Put or combine abstract things together. I don't think it has to be just abstract things. Colors can be blended, but whatever. Uh Um, So this is taking more than one thing. Like three things? Really? We doing this again? I mean,
1: this is just revenge for the times everybody else does it to me. That's fair. (laughs) fair.
0: Judge will allow it. All right. This is the act of taking more than one thing, combining them to make something new. In the case of genres, it's like taking modern and fantasy and making urban.
1: My favorite. That's my
0: favorite. I picked it. My favorite. I know, I picked it. I, I picked love that. it because I know how much you love urban fantasy. I really Wasn't do. was not that a movie starring John Travolta? No. That was urban, urban, urban Cowboy. 1970s. I've been outside that bar in Texas.
1: Really? Cool.
0: Oh, no, it's a thing. It <laughs> it's was, totally. And it definitely was a thing in the 70s in Texas.
1: All right. Now <laughs>
0: so
2: we're going to talk a little bit about why blending is interesting. Individual genres can be compelling on their own, but there's nothing wrong with a standalone fantasy or sci fi game. So we ask the question why do we want to blend more genres
1: together? So there's a number of different reasons, but we're going to share what we believe are some of the more popular ones. Chris? Uh, the first one is keeping things fresh. I mean, I, I think that blending can take a genre that you are familiar with, and then when you add elements that are not typically there, then you can get something uh, more. You get that familiar but different vibe, which is one of the fundamental psychological truths of popular creativity. That, that, that's actually true. There's books written all about it. It tricks the mind into thinking it's experiencing something original, when really it's only about 10% different. It's a very, very clever thing. It also helps people who keep a specific type of genre, like they play it all the time, it keeps it fresh for them.
0: I feel like Firefly falls under this, of course. that it is a Western with 10% sci-fi. Or it's a sci-fi,
1: it's a sci-fi with, with 10%, 10% Western. Western.
0: I know, but I the Western probably... feels, I guess it depends on the episode, okay. because some episodes feel like 10% sci-fi, and some episodes feel like 10% Western. I, mean, like, I the, think
1: they play with the that. The problem is, is that the setting is so sci-fi that like it's Western trappings on top of a sci-fi setting the setting is as yeah. soon as you start putting people in space it's different cowboys and aliens is western with 20 well, percent sci-fi d- d- didn't didn't ronberry describe star trek as just wagon train in space yeah it, he did he yeah. did everybody yeah. thinks
2: of star trek as being sci-fi right yeah, yeah. It is. I, I i'll start- be honest i think that had firefly made it past us one season we would have seen more sci-fi i think because of how disjointed and, and chaotic and kind of throw everything at the wall that the the world was the world building was for that mm-hmm We didn't really get a feel for it. I think you're right. I think it's much more sci fi with a little bit of Western in it.
1: We're going to talk about blending later, how to blend things. But if I had to have my druthers about making a statement, I think the setting really does a great job informing what the genre is. Yeah. Sure. I mean, when you think Firefly, people don't talk about, hey, remember the
2: the, the revolver or the horses? They talk about the ship. They talk about the planets they've been on. They talk about the the things they get into. They talk about Jubal and all that. They don't talk about, hey, remember that gun?
0: So, and I don't disagree with you, but the stories of that show are far more Western stories than they are sci-fi stories. They're train robberies. They're yeah. fighting, they're fighting the, you know, the, the guy I'm, who's trying to take over the whorehouse. I'm with like, you. That's why, like,
1: that's why I say the setting matters yeah. so much when you're identifying right. a genre. So, and and this
0: is, and we're going come from the guy who loves to we're, talk about we're story. we its deep how it in the weeds on this one. We're going to wander okay. off for a second <laughs> because one of the things we are not talking about on the show tonight, I mean, we might just do it as an aside is assessing or looking at how something is, like how much something is. Playing. Correct. Like, yeah, we're not really getting into it, but I wanted to bring up that point because yes, the trappings of that show—spaceships and things like that—all look very sci-fi. The stories of that show are very western. Some of them are. When I when I think Firefly, western is not one of the first things
2: I
1: think about. It's there, but it's not like,
0: one of the top I can't, three things. I can't look at that show
1: yeah, without thinking to me, to me, yeah. in my head, it's like a 50, 50 split, yeah. right? Like, and that's how I think of it. Like, I'm like, oh, this is a sci-fi Western. Like I straight up say that when I look at Star Trek, I'm like, that's a sci-fi show. I basically yeah. say this is a Western in space. Okay, sure. Yeah. That,
2: I mean, I will defend all those arguments. Oh, fine.
1: I saw it more as a sci-fi show. It man. also goes to say how nebulous this idea is, Yes, sure. which sure. the three of us here, the four of us here just had very different ideas and described it all in very different ways. And that show in particular.
0: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a really interesting study. Though. It is. Yeah. All right. Back on. So Bob, tell us another reason why.
3: So one of the genres maybe doesn't do something well, right? So in this case, you have a genre you like, but it's conventions don't cover what you want to put in the game. By blending in another genre, you'll have access to those conventions for your game. And this is great when you have a kind of story or experience in mind That's not encompassed within that one genre.
1: God, I need my crime. I need my crime and my magic, (laughs) my magic fantasy story. (laughs) Give me my magic heist. Yeah, exactly. Well, the other thing that happens is you can use it to broaden
2: the appeal of your game. For example, you may want to run your crime story. You really want to run a crime story, but none of your players like modern games. They just don't want to play modern. So what they love is fantasy. What you do instead is you take all your crime elements, put them into a fantasy game. You can have heists. You can have... You know, the York Mafia, you can have um, you know, Elven crime leagues and bosses and halfling run casinos and people kneecapping each other and all that fun stuff that goes along with crime stories. You can have noir stories with detectives all wrapped up and put it all in a fantasy genre. I mean Eberron does this very well, but other fantasy games can do a very good job with it. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sorry no one wants to play cartel. Meet Blades in the dark. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I would like play cartel. I mean, yes, I want to
3: play cartel <laughs> Of course you do.
0: As always, you do not need a sole reason for doing this. And in fact, if your reason for blending covers more than one of these, that's probably even better. All right, so let's talk about
1: different techniques for blending genres. We're going to start with the simplest version of this, which is just <laughs> blending two. Now remember, each of these ingredients have their just own two. elements. Just two. Just two. Stop using your shtick on me, man. <laughs> you wrote that shtick. Now, now each you know, of these... Reverse no reverse (laughs) Ah, like i was saying each of these ingredients have their own elements conventions and trappings that's the that's what a genre pretty much is and that's where the approach comes into play it's kind of like are we baking cookies in the oven or making some campfire pie over an open flame phil you cook a lot these days why not tell us about a genre blending recipe
0: sure one approach is to do this symmetrically with this approach neither genre is a dominant genre And we're looking for a close to equal merging of the ingredients that we're talking about. We want to draw equally from the tropes and elements and conventions to put them into our setting. And I think a good example of this is Numenera, which is science fantasy. And it's a pretty good blend of science. It it really is. I think that setting is a
1: very good blend of all that. And I think that
0: that has to do a lot with Monty Cook, who, I mean, was clearly, you know, an architect of third edition and then wanted to do kind of a sci-fi thing.
1: He's an exceptional world builder.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That world's fantastic. But anyway, not to damage. And,
1: and, and Shanna Germain. We should not leave her out of that because she had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Concerning the fact they put a giant piece of paper on their living room table or coffee table and we would just walk by and like write stuff on the map over so the course cool. of a month.
0: So <laughs> cool. All right. So if we're looking at Numenera and we look at the fantasy trappings, right? There are dungeons. They're not called dungeons, but they're dungeons. Sure. Mm-hmm. There are monsters for sure. Uh huh. There is treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A game definitely has treasure era, <laughs> yes, and there is, and I use quotes, air quotes. There is magic, yes. magic enough, yes, yes magic enough. Mm-hmm. But then, at the same time, we have a lot of sci-fi stuff in here. There's a data sphere, yes. There is, there are nanites. Yeah, uh-huh. the Iron Wind. Right?
1: Yep. And also the magic. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yep. <laughs> there are AIs and computers uh-huh. and all sorts of weirdness, and there is technology, tons of it,
3: tons of technology.
0: Yeah, not evenly distributed, but there is tons of it. So it's a really good blending of science and fantasy. Yeah, I don't want to
1: get into the argument about like. Yeah, like we just did about uh, Firefly yeah because we could you know
0: nah. well, we totally could yeah. because I would say story wise it plays a little more fantasy than sci-fi but
1: I, yeah I guess so
0: ready wait
1: <laughs> there's there's <laughs> a lot of that or ready explore which is ex- exploration a western thing western expansion or is it a sci-fi thing like Star Trek going into the stars would we get Some in trouble oh no I've done it Chris, tell us about it asymmetric. Sure, I will. So in this recipe, we're dumping a whole heap load of one genre into the stew pot, and then we'll just flavor it with the other. Uh, to step away from the cooking example, genre A will be used a lot more than genre B, but B's importance is to provide storytelling beat changes and surprises along with reskinning some of the trappings. Not all of the trappings, just some of the trappings. Mm-hmm. This is why I think of Firefly as being sci-fi with some some western stuff in it yep um in this case you want your setting to feel most like the main genre but incorporate some elements of the other genres that's how I, f- I feel like this fits in i think a good example of this is groundhog day by harold Ramis. Ramis, uh you all know this movie
3: nope have you never seen groundhog Day? i've never seen groundhog what's wrong day. with you I know. oh my god it's, it's a crime so look it's a
1: comedy on its surface as bill bill murray's disgruntled weatherman phil collins character constantly repeats the same day over and over again and it's got a little sci-fi weirdness to it but they don't explain any of that explores the best and worst versions of phil but it's not until a day in the endless sameness with andy mcdowell's character rita hansen that changes the tone towards rom-com where phil tries to take the best version of himself uh tries to be the best version of himself because of her and for her and in doing so breaks out of the time loop he's stuck in so it's a rom-com at the end but it's a comedy to begin with and rom-com might also be the most popular blended genre of all time it also needs to be said that there's no hard
2: distinction between these two uh there's no real clear-cut middle when you think about something like Captain America, the Winter Soldier, you could argue that it's either symmetrical or it's asymmetrical because it's a superhero and a thriller as opposed to a straight espionage story um, or it could be split down the middle with superhero and, and action. But it means that these two approaches, as you get closer and closer to them, can see, look very, very similar. But if you're looking for shorthand, and that's what we're trying to convey, it's about how you approach the blend. If you look at it symmetrically, everything from both genres is getting thrown in the pot, everything you've got. Where asymmetrically, you throw everything from one genre in and then just season it with the other genre. But don't get hung up on the approaches. Go with your gut and add whatever you think will taste good when you put it together and put it out for your players. I'm really working on
3: the food theme.:: I,
1: I told you that I had
2: restructured a, a bunch stick. of it to make it funny. If there's funny. one <laughs> thing that
3: we know how to do, it's to beat you with a shtick. Yes. Will beat you with a shtick every time. All right. Spice So if you want to blend more than two genres, the techniques are the same, but the complexity increases with each genre you add. You still pick symmetrical or asymmetrical. With symmetrical, you work to blend each added genre into one product. With asymmetrical, you choose the ratios for the different genres. You smell what we're cooking here? Hmm. Why don't we move on, Phil? Sure thing. We're gonna finish this out with a list of
0: tips to help you blend your genres. As always, this list is not exhaustive and it is not in any particular order. But like a buffet, take what you like and pass on the rest. After you select your genres, list out the tropes and elements that are important to you for each genre. This is gonna give you the
2: ingredients you can incorporate. And if you haven't get hung up on that, TV Tropes is a great place to start. But look, pick up your genre, go to TV Tropes, and start looking at some of the things that occur. Set a timer.
3: Yep. So We'll the
2: t- fall, t- in. <laughs> we'll yeah, fall in and disappear. As you will.
3: <laughs> now, there's also nothing wrong with switching your approach. You might start with a symmetrical approach, And then after a bit of brainstorming, you decide you're going to go asymmetrical.
1: So with asymmetrical blends, use your spice it up genre to flavor situations that are normal in the main genre. So you have a sci-fi Western while we were talking about this earlier. I mentioned reskinning some trappings. The setting has miners because it's a Western, but instead of squishy bio-organic coal miners, you have some Android coal miners. That that makes it very much more um, a Western and sci-fi at the same time.
0: When blending, take something from one genre and figure out what it looks like using the other genre. So, again, back to our, our... No, at this time, let's do fantasy western. So, in our fantasy western, there's no gunpowder, but there is arcane ammo, which are small projectile spells that are, like, made up to look like bullets. Maybe they're rolled up pieces of uh, scroll, or maybe they are rune-inscribed rocks. Yeah, yeah, Like, whatever it is, you still put it in a gun, And you fire it, but it's not gunpowder. Because it's the
1: arcane energy that shoots the projectile. Exactly. In fact, it could just be bullets that are shot by arcane energy.
0: The Mm -hmm. hammer of the gun could have a a rune on it, it, and there's another rune, and when they come together, boom! Yep. Like that. That's what we're talking about. I want to play that game. (laughs) Yeah, Dwarf gunslinger.
1: I mean, I feel like there's gunslingers in all kinds of fantasy games these days. does this really well.
2: Mm -hmm. Anyway, you can always take the setting as is, but then create the problem from the other genre. Uh, you can have like a sci-fi horror setting, pretty generic sci-fi setting.
1: And then all of a sudden you unleash some cosmic horror that's never been encountered before. Event horizon. Yeah. All right. I'm going to get off the beaten path for a second here. So uh, this might not be the way that I think in like a month or even two or even tomorrow, but Fair. in asymmetrical blends, your genre might have some very distinct storytelling beats, like certain kinds of genres have certain kinds of stories inside of them. <laughs> These are set expectations. Like you are setting an expectation by doing this. Your game should mostly adhere to your main genres, primary story types. If you have more than one main genre, then you have some leeway, but you should really think about how those two different genre stories work together. But, Pause you for a second. Yeah, go ahead.
0: When you say story type, and we also say frameworks.
1: Yes. Now that we have established the idea of frameworks, we can use that as the thing. Sure.
0: But I don't know that the People idea of understand. framework
1: is like completely understood by everybody just sure. yet.
0: But if you've listened to the last couple of episodes, yeah. so for instance, a crime genre is going to use a specific set of frameworks, the box being one of them.
1: The box will probably be one of them. Also- the idea of who can you trust mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. like is somebody going to betray somebody like and also the needs and wants of of certain crime lords like what what is important to them what do they care about Actually, yeah. just I just watched the gentleman again right oh. so Matthew McConaughey's character he has a very specific set of things that he cares about. Yeah. Also the um, I forget the the kid that he ends up killing that's messing with his wife from the triads yes like he also has a very specific set of desires for his character mm-hmm. so does the the person that mcconaughey's dealing with that's from outside the uh, little guy with the glasses whose name i can't remember so does the coach the coach and the so coach. does the coach
0: like, oh boy these love... people
1: all have very specific needs and wants like having that stuff set up for your storytelling mm-hmm. will help you quite a bit
0: as a general topic we should also put this into our list is needs and wants yeah we should definitely do that because that is a thing that you are very good about uh-huh. when dealing with characters that i think we could do a show on building needs and wants and the difference between needs and wants and how to mode like how to leverage them in campaign play and yep. things like wasn't that
1: wasn't somebody looking for a topic idea we could totally do well, a that's show Chris's on that topic it's okay. a <laughs> nice nice ding i like that thank you thank uh-huh.
0: you anyway chris please return to your uh return to your thought i just wanted to so I wanted to, I wanted to talk about Captain
1: America the Winter Soldier because you had this as an example earlier, but I yes. I, I threw it out because I disagreed at a at a fundamental level with, with awesome. the idea. So Cap is in the middle of a spy thriller superhero story with some comedy thrown in. It's a Marvel movie. They all have comedy in them. Bit, yeah. It's always a little bit of comedy beat no matter what. That's yeah. just a thing. It's, most movies have that, yeah, right? For, sure. for especially Things that are very dark and heavy, usually.
0: I would not consider it a comedy, but no, there, are no. a mm-hmm. there are some comedic moments. There that- are some comedic moments. Yeah, like
1: Ant Man is a comedy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, intentionally a comedy has mm-hmm. like comedy like trappings all Ant-Man over has it. It's three movies yeah. in one, but yeah, go ahead. It's a comedy heist, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So Cap, he isn't always sure who to trust. He's a burned agent, and the organization he's been working for is trying to kill or corrupt everything he cares about and believes in. Also, saving the world's population from being decimated on a timetable to me screams thriller. That's sure. A spy yeah, yeah. thriller, right? Absolutely. Spy on the superhero side. There are moments of superhero shenanigans, like he throws a motorcycle into a aircraft yeah. at one point in time, mm-hmm. and does other superhero type things, right? Mm-hmm. But the personal story about doing the right thing comes in when where Bucky's concerned. So that's very comic booky. Yes. Like he's a hero; he's going to stand up his for his friend. He's going to save him save, no matter gonna what. Yeah, he's absolutely. going to save Bucky no matter what. And that is not necessarily inside of what the spry thriller thing would be, because in a spy thriller, usually. When you have those two people they come to some sort of resolution at the end but that's usually with the hero killing the other sure. yeah, other sure. spy right so in like i'm with you to the end of the line that's very superhero which is why i think it's pretty close right down the middle it's a very 50 50 blend to me and that's and that's a repeated theme because you've also got sam who just like shows up he's like you're captain america yeah i'm gonna help you yeah you've, now there's three people you can trust uh-huh and that's it yeah oh uh, that's why i think that 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 is much more of a right down the middle and an asymmetrical. Well,
0: oh, that's fine, that's the part you disagreed with. I was gonna say, I, I agree with you on all those parts, I'm just disagreed whether, and this goes back to what Bob said before, it's hard to tell when you get into the middle. Sure. Right. Like whether it's asymmetrical, symmetrical, like what is 40% versus 50%? Correct. Yes. Yeah.
1: Right. Like I'm, I'm with you,
0: but I'm with you on the fact that this is definitely a blending of spy thriller and superhero. Yeah, absolutely. And then again, sprinkle comedy, but that's, that's, I wouldn't that's, consider
1: that's it a genre. N- me neither. I, yep. if, if anything, it is, if it is a genre thing, it is like the super asymmetrical spice.
0: Now I would say that you, you mentioned Ant-Man. I would also mention guardian of the galaxy. Guardian of the galaxy is much stronger comedy, yeah. Yeah, comedy console.
1: action
2: Yeah. Yeah. A uh, sci-fi I've always, film.
0: I've always told Ant-Man action, sci-fi, fantasy, yeah. family. Yeah. not fantasy, family,
2: family drama. And yeah. we were discussing Ant-Man. It's like the first like half of that movie is comedy, and then the next third of it is is heist,
0: and then the last like Whoa. fifteen minutes is. Is superhero action, but R- even, the, remember, even in the superhero action movie, he gets hit with Thomas the Train. right Yeah, like it's a comedy. It's, oh, oh, it's no, no, still
2: fun. Oh, funny. oh no, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying it's not comedy all the way through. Yeah. I'm saying, but it's almost three different stories, three different kinds of story. Beats well, in movie.
1: It, it's superhero too because he yeah. gets superpowers. He has to train with earlier in the film. Yes, yes. like that is a very mm-hmm. superhero montagey oh, yeah. thing. There's a heist part earlier when he breaks into Hank Pym's house to steal the yep. suit. Yep. Yeah, but that movie it, it is three genres baked into one. Yes. It's yeah, it's not. It's not three different movies. It's it's actually a pretty well blended film. Like it's it, it paces itself really well. But it yes. definitely,
0: at different points, underrated is underrated
3: film. I, I literally <laughs> just watched it again yesterday, and you are absolutely correct. It's underrated. It's a very, very well put together blend of yep. all three of those things.
0: And, and I think it, at different times in the movies, pushes one of those into the spotlight. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Like, there are parts where it is very much comedy, and there are parts where it is very much superhero, and there are parts where it is very much. Prime yeah, so, heist. So yeah I don't, I don't X-Men. disagree with
1: you, Jerry. I think yeah. you're absolutely right about the stuff. I just, I, th- I think you just missed a few things earlier yeah. in the film that make it more of a blended thing. Oh, it, is. it is blended. Yeah,
2: it's also got one of the best exposition giving characters in 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 cinema.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes, I'd love, I would absolutely. I love, love that character to do all which which is a comedy beat, right? Yep. It's a comedy yeah. beat. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's very much comedy beat.
1: That's an interesting thing to actually think about when you're thinking about how to move this stuff into, into tabletop role-playing games is, and now I'm, I'm going to aside a second because we're, we're talking is, about tips, right? Yep. What Jerry just said and what you just said brought up the idea that at any one point in time, if you have a symmetrical blending of genres, one of those genres should be at the forefront and then you can switch to having a different genre being mm-hmm. at the forefront. Whereas in, if you're trying to like asymmetrically just like spice your, your main genre, that spice should never be at the forefront. Yes, that is an excellent. Yes. It, it, can, it can be, it can be a surprise beat. It can be here for a moment, sure. but really, it should. It can be a, a, tra- a flavoring of something, like a trapping or something like that. But it should never be at the forefront.
0: Oh, I got a good one for you. Okay, Blade Runner.
1: I mean, it's a neo noir. It's a neo noir uh, cyberpunk movie, right?
0: Yeah, but it is hundred percent a sci fi movie. Sure, because it has to deal with artificial, like the questions of artificial life, and and I don't. So I guess, and maybe we don't have a fine enough razor for this. There are two things of when I think of sci fi. I think a lot of people are like, ooh, spaceships, and think sci fi. But when I think sci fi, I'm thinking about the effect of science and how science and technology and how it changes the human experience. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. for me, like when we say that Firefly is Western and sci fi, to me, the sci fi part, there aren't too many stories, if there are any, where we are looking at the effect of technology, science, and everything on. How it affects the people of
1: now? River's story is all about that. Yeah, rivers.
0: So rivers arc. Rivers (laughs) arc is rivers arc is and rivers arc is the and the reavers. The reavers is actually a better example. And rivers arc is the super soldier. Yeah, the the reavers is another thing. Sure, but that shows up a little more in the movie only because the show got crushed. But when we look at Blade Runner, it is absolutely one hundred percent a noir detective film. It has all the science fiction trappings, and then at the center of it it has this whole question of artificial life and what is life and yeah. and those kinds of things and to me that's a hard like i don't know if it's a harder deeper different i don't know what the term is but that sci-fi is kind of my jam is what is the effect of this science fiction on this world
1: what's the effect of science on the setting
0: whatever the science fiction thing is
1: like for instance in... And, and more importantly is that at the is that at the center of the storytelling sure so because in in firefly they have spaceships that changes how the world works right yeah, yeah but we don't they talk have, about them. they have an empire with with uh, with capital ships that can run around and, and crush anybody that they want yeah in in the universe like that changes the experience but those aren't at the center of the story
0: yeah there aren't stories that ponder the question they Correct. tend to the, be in the background yeah yeah when i look at the homemade campaign i have for the Queen like, yes, time travelers show up in the past to pillage the natural resources of of 17th century France, Mm -hmm. but also part of the game looks at what happens to 17th century France when a near utopia shows up with progressive values, medicine, technology, plumbing, and how does it change those people's experiences? And then what happens when those people, because the people in metropolitan Paris benefit greatly from this, compared to... The provincial people out in the countryside who are getting some of the benefits, but are actually more classical 17th century than they are the modernized Parisian
1: people. To go back to uh, Blade Runner, if we're going to use this conversation as a thing, it is a, a symmetrically blended sci-fi detective story, because, and maybe even a thriller at some point, because the mystery is, who do I trust? Yeah. Do, can I find the killer? And, and, and the experience of the story has been changed by the fact that there are the replicants. Yeah. Like because we are investigating replicants constantly, which is that's changed the experience of everybody and is Decker a replicant? Right. Which, which is one of the science questions which makes the 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 science-fi part of it and the mystery part of it meet in a very very interesting and satisfying way. Yeah. If you like that slow-paced kind of movie, which I do.
0: Yeah, and I mean it it asks that hard question of what is human? What is yeah. not human? And then mm-hmm. when does the when uh, does the line blur?
1: Yeah, see, I never I don't even know if they actually did a great job of addressing that because it, by all accounts, the replicants were humans. <laughs> like they had all the same emotions, feelings. They didn't do a very good job, at least in that film of making them feel any different. Oh. The,
0: the only thing that was different about them was the fact that they were created. But I think that's the point, right? The point gets to be is at what point does it not matter whether you are technologically built or biologically built? At what point does your experience start to mer like start to, the line blurs I'm, over what is human i'm with you that that's like a,
1: a, a question that the film where we were going to do film study now i'm a am mm-hmm. with you that that's a question that the film ponders but i don't know that that is the important or even it, primary it thrust of the I, film
2: i have a question because it's been years since i've seen the original yeah well, what evidence is, is, is there that the deckers are blade deckers are but when i saw the movie back
1: as a kid i don't it, remember it. there there isn't a lot that's one of the great questions of the film
0: yeah, you can Google it. There's, like like you, some... there's
1: a lot of study and talk about it like the question that is Decker a replicant or not? That's a premise of the film.
0: But really, but it's, it's, a, a good yeah. it's a good movie. it's been a long time. No, it's fine. It's been a, it's been years since I've watched either. Yeah. But we should tie it off. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's a, I would, it, I'll talk about it all day, but we should no, do something. else. It's fine. I bring I I brought it up for a couple points. I think we got through our yeah. points on it. All right, cool. That is our look at genre blending. When we come back, we'll hit the round table and we'll do an unscripted genre blending brainstorming session. Oh, Oh, look who got through that line in one piece. I'm impressed. But first, Bob, tell us about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network.
1: But before it does that, you know, it's more impressive when you don't call it out.
0: No, it's funny when I call it out. (laughs) If I just said it, people would have been like, yeah, whatever. But it's funny. Okay, Kanye. It's funny because I tell you it's funny. I will tell you when it's funny. You will laugh when I tell you to laugh. Now it's funny. Even I'm Bob's saying, in the box. You say you could have taken your hand, your hand out of those handcuffs at any
3: time? No. Nope.
1: No, only when it was funny. Okay. Uh, Bob, you want to tell us about bonus experience?
3: Uh, actually, before I tell you about bonus experience, yeah. I would like to reiterate that we have a Patreon. We do. We like money. We would really like for people to uh, to patronize us because mm-hmm. that you know is a thing.
0: If you're looking on the video jerry and i are benefiting wonderfully from boom mics that's allowing us the freedom to use our hands and kind of lean in and talk and chris is currently tethered to a standard cardioid i mic.
1: might have one soon
0: and your patronage is what helps us get rid of that mic and get a third boom mic for chris that'll be coming later this month i'm pretty
3: and sure and boom goes a microphone boom goes the microphone all right now bonus experience ray and monica are two old friends exploring gameplay and design through the lens of diversity, while also sharing some of the dumbest humor gaming has to offer. Bonus experience. Check it out. Let's head back now and do our blending of genres live on the mics. Live on the mics. This is going to be a thing. It's this a trip. This is not scripted, not rehearsed. Right.
0: I have selected 20 genres that I compiled from a mix of my brain, drive through RPG, and the Cortex Prime book, which actually has a great listing of genres. I assembled 20 of them. Chris has provided us a D20. We are going to pick three genres. We're Randomly. each, each going to roll for one. Chris, would you like to roll for sure, one of our genres? Sure. Three. Three is hard sci-fi. Hard uh, sci-fi. Gross. Hard <laughs> sci-fi. We're talking about air suits. Gross. And vacuums. And this is The Expanse. The Expanse. The expanse. Run yeah, the yeah, yeah. What is, what's the one with Sean Connery? Outland. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: That's a good one. I talk was going to say blend... Zardoz, but no. Talk,
0: talk, talk, oh, about... Not that go. Go. talk about blending genres. Yeah. High noon in space. Yeah, right. Go exactly. Ahead. All right. The second genre, so you've got hard sci-fi. Hard sci-fi. I have number eight, Eldritch Whoa. Horror. Oh, boy, this is already looking up. Terry, bring it home. What's our what's what's the third
3: genre? He's going to get, like, high school or something. Oh, I'm hoping really. for romance. <laughs> right now, we've got Event Horizon. Yes, yeah, right do. now, we're
1: going on Event Horizon. And we have steam, Steampunk. I don't know how wow. we're doing this. I don't think hard we can... T- you can't do hard sci-fi. Oh, I got stuff. this. This
0: is, this is space 18... Um, no, forget that. That's a terrible <laughs> Thank shit. you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Don't do it. Don't, don't stop. Yes. How do you
1: do hard sci-fi with steampunk? Steampunk is fanciful oh, and no. not science fiction at all.
0: Okay. I got this. So let's, oh, let's start with, let's get our other one, right? We're going to do. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hook me up. All right. So I'm going to roll this one more time. I'm going to roll this one more time. And if it's even, if it's even, we're going to blend it symmetrically. If it's odd, we're going to do asymmetrically. It's odd. Cool. Steampunk can be the asymmetrical part (laughs) of this. Cool.
0: I I was going to say hard sci-fi would be the asymmetrical part. Let me see if I'll uh, let me take a run. Let me take a run at joining those two together. Sure. So typically with steampunks, we have airships, right? Steam powered, like either airships or um, trains, whatever. Let's just take that to orbit. We've got, for whatever reason, a engine has been discovered that allows for allows for us to get the steampunk stuff into space so we've got we've got now steam driven ships in orbit around the earth maybe they can't get to the moon yet maybe they're just you know making orbits and there's space stations and stuff like that but it's all steampunky it's brass and glass and you know things like that we're shoveling coal into these engines to keep them moving using water vapor jets to move around
1: i'll make a uh, declaration about what i think the steampunk genre
0: is sure
1: and you can all agree or disagree with me sure. and we'll figure it out. Okay. I think where steampunk is concerned is more about, and this could, if you look it up, steampunk doesn't really have a genre like specific thing going with it. Yeah, it's that a problem. Was, that was an odd it's a huge problem yeah. with the, the idea of steampunk as a genre. Come on, let's work it. But it's about hope and hopefulness and looking to a brighter future. That is the best look at steampunk that I've seen. Have- and most everything I see, cause it's all shiny and brass and people are generally dressed pretty well. And while you generally mix other things with it and storytelling, that is uh, a trapping or a or a story beat that goes along with steampunk in most it. of my my experience. All
0: right, hold wow. hold that okay. because hold that because I am going to fold that in. I, I'll, 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 you I'll, I'll, I'll go sure. with that, but yeah. I think because every
2: like, steampunk I've ever played yeah. has always been about the downtrodden being stomped on by the people above.
1: Don't look at steampunk that's being played. Look at steampunk that's actually in film and fiction. Wow, Wild, Wild West is about hope and like a better tomorrow for these people. It's very bright. It's very colorful. It's about these people rising to be heroes. Now, there's a villain there that's villainous, but he's pretty mustache twirly in, for the most part. And there's some sort of capitalist, director. In, in, in Wild Wild West? Just kidding. Oh, okay. Um, i trying to uh, think of another steampunk I'm trying to think of a think good, of steampunk, of a thing. good steampunk, steampunk thing that I've Isn't seen. Isn't there that, that comic book that you read that you like so much that it's all very Carl steampunky? real Genius, yeah. okay. Is um, that not in there? Yes. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I would say, there we go. That, that I would guess. So like there's, there's two examples. Like,
2: yes. I think tabletop gaming hasn't figured it out yet. That's probably not. Yeah, I'm good. Steampunk is such a bizarrely it is. It's not very codified. Like, like, like my my concept of steampunk is like Cthulhu by
1: Gaslight or Sure Which, by Gaslight, um, Victorian. So that Victorian to me, me is not steampunk. Okay, all right, because uh, yeah. it doesn't have the, the the gears and the things like that usually and whatnot. Yeah. Um, okay. Our Lady of Devices is a series of novels that is that is Victoriana but very steampunk. Sounds and good. she starts in a very bad place, but it's all about her making her way through this world and making the world a better place for herself and her people. It's very hopeful.
0: So yeah, cool. So I can easily see that if we if we borrow and I don't know. I no, I'm gonna I'm just gonna agree with to you. Talking to them. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna agree with you because I don't actually I'm not an yeah. expert in this subject. So let me just take what you've said okay. I'll go and that. let me see what I can fold in. So I'm thinking if there's a way to look at space travel and hope the best modern example we have of this now we're not we're not putting anything modern into this game but the best example of this is the space race of the 1960s sure because that was a time when people believed that going into outer space would lead to great technological discoveries in health science math and and there was right there was an explosion of technologies are we just going to hit a a, a steampunk version for all mankind no, I think we'll stay away from No, because we still have to drop Eldritch Horror in here in a second. But oh, I think I we're... Don't, I've, I've got that down. Okay, good. Because uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to work this piece and then I'll kick it to you. But I think what we get to is that this push into space represents uh, a chance for new scientific discoveries of things about, you know, the suit, like the humorous of the body and like the alignment of, you know... Various, you know, fluids, whatever. Have we moved far away from hard sci-fi at this point? (laughs) No, because we still have to deal with things like diving bells. Thank you, the diving bells, and we've got pressurized and steam-driven spaceships and
1: Babbage engines. We are going to we are going to apply actual science fiction ideology and like technology and physics to this stuff, which is fine. Except the caveat
0: is it works. I mean, we can, like, we're just using better materials. No, I'm just saying, but it works. Yeah. Right. So, yes. So I think we can, I think we can totally encapsulate the idea of hope that the hope is we are heading to the stars. These are our first voyages off the planet. This is a time of great hope on the ground as people are like, yes, we've exceeded the atmosphere. We are in a new age. And then, and then, take a chair. and then we get to the moon. And what do we find
2: on the moon? Things man was not meant to know. Yes. It's, 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 the, old, it's the old meme. Moons Haunted. Yeah. Um, there are, yep. like, we get to the moon and find out that...
1: Is it the ghosts of Mars? The ghosts or, of the moon? No, it's
2: not the ghosts <laughs> of Mars. It's the, it's the thing. The God, Doctor Who reference. Oh, well, the pyramids of Mars. Pyramids of Mars. Ghosts but, of Mars was, was the John Carpenter movie. Oh, they didn't they go back to Mars? And Matt Smith went back to Mars at one point. I haven't right? seen the Matt Smith ones. Okay. Not, not that he's bad. I just haven't
1: got oh, sure. One. That's fine. Um,
2: but no, yeah, so get the moon. Moon, there, there's, there's things already on the moon. And it's not not little bug like aliens, and it's not cute little fuzzy Ewoks. It's things man was not meant to mount. No, you know, basically Cthulhu meets Hellraiser. It's it's oh my God. spikes and tentacles, and it gets. And, and one of the fun things is that you'll begin to realize that over the course of centuries, some of the creators have moved. Just something mysterious enough to keep keep the players guessing until they get there.
1: Uh, so that the what are the the Hellraiser people are called the uh, uh, the cenobites The Cenobites? So it's it's cenobite horrors on the moon it's it's that just that just enjoy suffering and pain for the uh, for suffering and pains per reasoning oh no i'm thinking i'm I'm, I'm looking more like Event
2: horizon kind of stuff it was definitely like so we just don't get it yeah we just don't get it
0: i'm I'm gonna add a piece all right i'm gonna add a piece in that somehow in the past they got marooned on the moon Mm -hmm. and they've been waiting to get off the moon and now that the humans are like hey we've made it to space we're going to the moon the elder Tauras are like, yes, and now we can finally get back to Earth.
1: Yes, like or get off planet, at get
0: off we, this prison planet. Exactly, we can get off this prison, and we can take what's rightfully ours—the uh, Earth.
3: I like the idea of the Moon as a prison. Thank for you. Them. I was gonna
0: go. That's I'm like, what
2: put them there in the first place? I like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, good words. Good words. Thank you, Bob. You and I were on the same thought
0: there. Whoever helped build the pyramids is what stuck them on the Moon. That's the,
1: there. You go. Good yeah. call. I like that. Yes. yes. All right. So we have a setting. Yeah.
0: yeah, so now let's talk about we've a, we a setting. What is the situation? What do, what do players do in this game? Are we making a game or a setting? what are we doing here?' I, I, think, we're making, I think we're making a setting on the idea that like we would run this as a game. I think, I think there has to be if you're going to have what we've got set up there, I think there mm-hmm. has
2: to be a uh, some sort of, of thin campaign fr- framework in there because Oh absolutely. So I think that, that the players are going to be explorers looking to push the boundaries of steampunk technology. Trying to get to the moon Mm -hmm. you have to tell the players from the get-go that there's something horrible on the moon their characters don't know but the players do Mm -hmm. um, because you don't want to be clever and suddenly twist genres on them at the last minute you could simply hint that there's that we've already sent somebody to the moon and the players are the ones who find out that there's a reason why we never went back but they don't know what it is and they could either be trying to get there themselves or they could be sent there by somebody else but i think what you've got is players attempting to get to the moon and then once they're there they have to have the resources to stop whatever is there from coming back.
1: I think if you're going to do this as a setting, like a yeah. campaign setting, instead of just a like yeah. like a one shot game, which sounds like a one like an excellent one shot of a game, like you can have that. Like oh, let's go to the moon and figure out what's going on. But like we're not the first expedition that's gone to the moon; we're the second one. And there's an expedition that came back already, and then some bad stuff happened. It's like sealed up. You go to the moon and you find out some of the terrible things that have happened, <laughs> but. That expedition came back, which means there's already Eldritch Cores on the space station. Yes. And that means there's already probably Eldritch horrors on the planet. Yes. Yes. Now we have a situation. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: To make it more plausible that all of those things happened, mm-hmm. there are governments that are sending ships up, yep. but there are also societies.
2: Venture, venture capitals.
0: Well, there's also like rocket society or yes. the orbital society, whatever it is. So that not only is a particular nation state sending up things and doing stuff, other groups of motivated and wealthy individuals are like, yes, we are launching our own expedition. That is very steampunk. That
2: is
1: that's very yeah. much the the mm-hmm. adult rich spending their money to to do to also also to propel society forward instead of propel it for themselves. Yes, because right. it, it leans more into the hopeful side of things exactly. than yes. the uh, yeah.
0: than the I just want to make money. Correct. Thing. Yeah, we avoid. I, yeah, we we're doing this for altruistic for, reasons. Yes. And of them are and because of that yes because you need some villains well the villains are the ones who are cutting deals with the elder tors yes bringing them back and the society your the society that your group participates there you in there, there is about know. to yeah. uncover it, it, some bad shit
1: instead of all capitalism being bad it's like split down the middle yes like that's yeah. a better
0: way to look at yes it. yes that's, that's what i was going. Yeah. Having, having, having yeah
1: i'm with you i want to just want to clarify same thing with, same,
2: you know some of the governments are altruistic some some are literally like you know, we're going to try hard to keep anybody from going yeah, up there. Yeah, that's things. fine, too. Yeah. And, and others are just like it's an interesting know, faction. This allows for us to have multiple scales of gain. Correct. Yep. Because a story that involves simply going up against a smaller government or a different society is very different than going up against oh, no, man, a you, major military power. Or one of the other you, you laid it out perfectly
1: well. Like, yeah. there are multiple but, governments, multiple factions, yeah. multiple venture capitalists, and they all have different motivations and goals. It's a real setting now. Like, yeah. there's a thick yes. thing let me, to pull from.
0: Let me add another thing. There are cults in this setting that have known for some time that there is stuff on the moon and that they've been worshipping them and also paving the way for their arrival. Makes sense. And what has triggered all of this, this Age of Hope and all of this, is that there's some sort of astronomic, astrological, whatever alignment that has made the physics possible for steam-powered ships to get into atmosphere. Like, I don't know, a, a comets come nearby and gravity, is, like the coefficient of gravity is now different, whatever. doesn't matter. We don't have to stick hard to it. But the idea is the cults have known that this window is starting to open and their agents have been waiting for the first of the bad guys to arrive back from the moon. So now we not only have stories where we're going out to the moon and doing moon stuff, we have stories where the society is now entangled with these cults and, you know, these cult leaders, because we're going full Cthulhu. I I, I I, I get it. Going
2: back to your hard side a little bit, what makes things able to work is that a comet passed between the Earth and the Moon and got pulled apart by the gravitational forces. That's why it didn't collide with Earth and cause damage. There were rare Earth elements on there that were picked up when they landed on, on Earth in large enough chunks, but the majority of the comet landed on the Moon. And so there's a push for people to get to the moon to get the rest of the resources. So there's there's a limited amount of resources on the planet and the resources that are limited on the planet are simply limited by
1: plot. I will be honest with you guys. Like the genre of hard sci-fi is a genre that I don't understand where the lines are. Yeah. Like I don't understand what makes something hard sci-fi and what makes something just sci-fi.
0: So a hard sci-fi is going to be things like there needs to be a scientific explanation for how we get to a place Etc. Even if it's not based in the real world, it has to be loosely. Based. Now again, because we're blending genres, it has to. So if if we're looking at hard sci-fi, we're looking at how does this realistically work. Okay. But then we're mixing steampunk with it. So now what we're asking is how does this realistically work if it was a steampunk work
1: Okay. We can't hand wave anything. Is what yeah. we're saying. Like yeah, you have you to have an explanation for yes, everything. Exactly. And it can't be magic.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, yeah and it can't. And it can't be so sci-fi. Like oh, there's a force field and you can walk on the outside of the ship. No, no, no. You have to put the diving bell on. Yeah. You've got the the little window with the like with mm-hmm. the you know grate and a, and a tether with a somebody's cranking a compressor or putting coal in the compressor to keep you you know fed with oxygen. Or it's automated now because we have gears. Sure, but it's but it, but yeah. then it's it's gears dumping coal or yeah what, yeah yeah, yeah.
1: That, that 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 makes things yeah maybe not coal maybe something better
2: yeah the
0: element
1: yeah. yeah
2: yeah yeah for for me hard sci-fi generally tends to be zero g is a thing yeah.
0: Yeah, no artificial gravity
2: yeah, momentum and, and 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 things like that are a thing yep no air in space mm-hmm. um no
0: force fields if and, there's faster than light and, travel and, and, it and, is expensive and complicated
2: and generally um limited to uh projectile weapons as opposed to laser beams and blasters yes. yeah
1: everything but the steampunk part was the expanse like oh there's eldritch horror yeah, yeah. so hard sci-fi that that's the expanse like there's some wacky stuff going on in that unfortunately i got to the episode where they're walking through the the, the plant ship and that episode oh man so slow the book is much better yeah.
2: <laughs> and i'm just like and i got to the end of it i'm like ah, I okay it. yeah. sorry so I, it,
1: so it's, a good, it's a great just
3: series just, okay. it just yeah. it lost I, me, to, to me to lean yeah. into the steampunky thing a yeah. Little, yeah. little bit more yeah. instead of shoveling coal yeah. they're using ethereum sure which is not, not like, the coin, coin. not the like, coin bul-
0: not that bullshit it's, it's like a gas
3: it's like a it's yeah which
0: is made like from the material at all so it's made by the, it's, it's made
1: the, from that, it's, it's made, made from, from the, that space, the, the, the space debris. debris. Yeah. Okay. So then, then we have, now we are back sitting in hard and, sci-fi it turns, land. and
0: it turns out the space debris that Ethereum is great for powering ships. If you inhale it, it has cancer fixing properties. Like there's a whole bunch of reasons people want this stuff.
1: By the way, our hard sci fi is now our sprinkle our our, our, our sprinkle sure. genre instead of our, our one of our yeah,
2: yeah, It's
0: two. The this, hard the hard sci fi yeah,
3: spice weasel. Yeah, yeah.
2: we have got we've got a heavy asymmetrical on this yeah. which, is, which is okay. Which That's to fine. be honest, as soon as we added steampunk and hard sci fi together, I, I didn't know as soon as no, as soon as you rolled hard sci fi, I was like, crap, what if we roll fantasy, I'm like, uh-huh. I, yeah. I I saw hard sci fi and steampunk, I'm like these are the two that aren't gonna work, but we made them work. We're look,
0: good. In honesty, look, not every combination is gonna work. No. Yeah. We I wanted to do this unscripted which because is good. I think that when we brainstorm, we do some of our best work. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we did, like Chris <clears throat> and Chris brought yeah. up a good point because, a because my sci-fi my understanding of <clears throat> steampunk was mostly just the trappings, like, oh, just put some brass and leather on it, we'll be fine. Like yeah. we we'll be fine and to go.
1: My definition of it is not the accepted necessarily it, definition. Yeah. which like, is, everyone's gonna have a different yeah. definition of what steampunk so, is. So
0: this goes to A point I think we made early in the show, but I'll bring it back up now. When you are doing this exercise, whether you are doing it alone or with a group, and this will sound very uncharacteristic for me, if you take a moment to define what that genre means to you, then you understand the things that we're going to pull from it. So it is an exercise. Like It was really good when Chris was like, I have read a lot of steampunk. Let me tell you my feelings about it. Now, whether that's the literary accepted version of it doesn't matter. For there, where we are. There isn't a literary accepted version. It's fine. But what my point is, for Chris bringing that up, I wanted to be able to say, yes, let's include that. Because I think that that's, you know, one, I want to make it something you would enjoy. Mm-hmm. And two, I, you know, your definition is valid definition. Yeah, it also
1: gives a nice counterpoint to the Eldritch Horror part of it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah which is great. Actually, this is like a super playable. It is. Yeah. Oh, I would yeah. play this game. Yeah. I would... I would play this. yeah, I would too. Let me just say to you, gentlemen about a thing that we have not i'm gonna vague i'm gonna vague cast for a moment we've talked about in planning meetings about doing a little something involving
3: uh needing a setting in a game or whatever yes
0: we could just use we could use this one we could just use
1: this one I don't know what we would call it, but we could use it. I
3: would definitely not be opposed to that. Yeah, I would play that kind of thing. All right,
1: don't worry, folks. I'll vague cast harder for everybody. Maybe even, like, I'll even make an announcement. Into it. We're going to make a game on the show at some point using a game system called Cortex, and this might be the game that we make.
0: We might. We might do a different one, but I could tell you that I could definitely see this as a game.
1: Yeah, we uh, we want to do the... uh we want to explore cortex on the show and and like explain what we know about it and Mm -hmm. try to like, let you all know what we know about it. And the way that we've decided that might be the best is to build a game and then then play a little bit of it. Yeah. Post-apocalyptic, Eldritch horror romance. Oh, I could totally buy that. I know you could. totally Isn't that, that, what's that, that there's a movie on Amazon, uh, uh, love and monsters. Yeah. That's essentially that game. That's essentially that movie. So that story exists.
2: I realized (laughs) the other thing we were talking about steam, but I realized the other thing, because just you and I read different things, the of extraordinary gentleman, the comic was heavy steampunk for me it is yeah And there is no hope in no that at that's all. i mean that's it's also it's also alan it's also, alan Moore, it's, so also
1: it's also tricking on uh tr- uh it's also leaning on victorian horror yes so like victorian horror is a very hopeless situation yes right yeah like all of those stories but all of those characters are tragic yes so it makes sense except for well, quarterman i guess i don't know i didn't ever read a lot of alan oh quarterman, yeah no so no, no I, that, know.
2: I mean i mean it starts out with the end of the quarterman where he's where he's hopelessly addicted to heroin and mm, really, sure yeah it's it's yeah, it's 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 no I, I I agree with you. I think it works really well. Yeah, we should, but I like that. And you should
3: move on. Yeah. Cool. All right, is that the uh
0: Yeah, so this those this was our round table where we blended and you got to listen to it yep. live as we this did is... it. Got to hear us put three genres which look like they weren't gonna connect, but asymmetrically we found a connect. way to make them connect. Yeah. Stab me in the heart. <laughs> it's like, oh it's so hard. I feel like it worked.
1: It's good. All right.
3: All right. So out, Bob. that is our look at genre blending. We hope that you find it useful the next time you're making up a setting. And now let's jump over to the conversation corner.
1: Yes, I didn't write anything into my one thing, but I'm going to go first. It's a surprise. Good. It's Good. a surprise. Look, uh, it is it is time for football. Yes, that's yes, my one is. thing. I've been like absorbing everything I can about the NFL over the last like four weeks. I'm so excited for the NFL season to start. And it starts on Thursday with the Bills playing the Rams, which will have already happened when you all hear this. Hopefully they won. Um, you'll be hearing me talking about football and fantasy football for the next like 20 weeks.
0: Deal with it. May I ask you a question? <laughs> sure. And I won't hold you to this. Okay. But having done all this research, absorbed yeah. all this knowledge, Yep. what is the holy shit? What should I be looking for this season? Based on based on what you've been listening from,
1: uh, like concerning what, I could give you like thirty you know, give different me, stories. Give me a,
0: all right, so give me a team that I'm not expecting to be no, I an, interesting at all. That's Mom, go going
3: that, you, you that's going to be a thing. The Philadelphia Eagles. Ugh, fuck
0: that. Do they, <laughs> that's they, why they, I how
3: said do you have it. to say sorry, like,
1: man. They, they might have the best or the second best roster oh, in the NFL. As long as they beat the Giants, I'll be happy. Do they? they, they They're they going to win that division. They should win that division. Good. They should, they they should, should be, lose to the they should be twelve and. Win in, that they should be 12 and five or 13 and four. Their team the is that fresh. good. Like, that team is that their good. By the way, as ridiculous. a lifelong
0: Giants fan, I hate the Philadelphia Eagles. Their offensive line
1: reaction. is ridiculous. Yep. Like, they, they just push people around. I, I think the most interesting thing for Bills fans or people that are paying attention to the AFC to watch is the Miami Dolphins. Because if Tua is any good, that team is oh also ridiculous. Yeah. Bad news. Why don't you just tell me the Patriots are also good no, fans. they're not good. They're, they're, they're mad. feel better. About they're mad. The, the Dolphins should be better than the Patriots this year. Oh,
0: so we're going back to the
1: eighties? Probably. <laughs>
0: we're going back to <laughs> no. the switch. The
1: Patriots are still going to be good. The problem is, is the AFC is stacked with some ridiculous rosters. Yeah. yeah. Like the the AFC West is going to be silly. Uh, I mean, yeah. the Chargers are great. The the I don't care what anybody says about the Chiefs, man. They got two really good young, uh, they got, they got, a, they drafted two good young cornerbacks. They uh they have new wide receivers in uh, Marquez Valdez Scanlon. They paid him a bunch of money. He's going to be much better than people have given him credit for when he was in Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster's there. They might have lost Tyreek Hill, but now Mahomes um is going to be able to target a whole bunch of different people. And he looks better than he has in like three years. Like he's worked out, he's got his game back. And they were garbage last year. Like that's the worst season that they've had. And they were still in the AFC Championship game in like three years.
0: I'm gonna just replace myself with my son yeah. to talk to. Um.
1: At this point. <laughs> also, also, Russell Wilson's in Denver in that division. Yep. That's a super fascinating
0: team right there. I've Always been a fan of Russell Wilson, so and I'm
1: excited. So like does. watching them with Cortland Sutton and Juju. Uh, uh not Juju. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Judy. Judy. Like, oh man, what a great, what a great offense that should be. And the Raiders look amazing too because they have Devontae Adams playing on that team with his old uh, uh college college friend um Derek Carr yep. so like their team is stacked with wide receivers and players that can make plays too their offensive line's a little shaky and their defense could be a eh, suspect but like that that division is just set to be just gotcha. a, a slugfest so like there's some good games at... there the AFC is stacked yeah. it's it's silly
3: it's gonna be interesting
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm actually looking, I'm I, I'm also looking bored I also
1: football. didn't mention Justin Herbert like Justin Herbert should be a superstar this if year
0: I'm just much yeah. more of a catch I like players. watching football with you guys and like if you guys aren't watching it sometimes I remember to watch it but I like mostly like watching it if you guys are watching
2: it. I'm a borderline sports fan. Watching football with these guys is always fun because they know what they're talking about. They're very friendly and casual. And they'll explain to me, like, why am I supposed to care about this particular matchup? I mean, I enjoy the game. But fantasy football has also made a difference.
1: But it's been a lot of fun just watching football with you guys. I mean, opening night is yeah. the Bills versus the Rams. The Super Bowl champions versus the Super Bowl favorites. Yeah. And yeah. the Bills are going into SoFi, which, by the way, I would love to go to SoFi Stadium. It's a $5 it's a billion gorgeous, stadium. It's gorgeous. It's pretty slick. have like a uh they have a arena inside underneath as part of the same complex as the stadium like it's not just a football stadium it's like an entertainment venue yeah Mm -hmm. and it's in la so the la fans are like hey we L.A. fans like it's a laker (laughs) town right it's a laker town it's a dodger town it's not a rams town the rams haven't been there for that long again like they were there then they left and they came back but that is going to be an exceptionally interesting game especially with von miller going back to where he just won a super bowl like uh and um Uh, Stafford's coming off uh, having some really bad like elbow problems, so he's supposedly healthy. So we'll see what happens. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. Exciting. I know a lot of stuff about football. Good times. Good times. Excited. Okay, I'm done, Bob.
3: All right, so I just finished a reread of the Twenty Palaces series by Harry Connolly, and uh, my first read through of his prequel book called Twenty Palaces. This is kind of an urban fantasy horror.
1: All right, more towards the horror. That's accurate.
3: Um but it's he's got a very interesting look on um spells and where they come from and how they work. Um so the magic is is very interesting.
1: Feels very warlocky, doesn't it?
3: It feels very warlocky to a, to a certain degree and then there's the the whole eldritch horror kind of thing where the things from the other side <laughs> make their way over here and they are all bad They're in bad. so many different ways. Terrible. And this guy gets kind of thrust into it and he's basically 20 palaces is the name of the society that is kind of like trying to control magic and keep people from bringing bad things into the world and if they find out that you've got spells they they will just flat out kill you and he ends up working with them and they are constantly surprised that this dude lives from mission to mission because they all figured he'd be dead on mission one and he's just got that combination of luck and hardiness and plot armor, and will, and plot armor that he just so keeps going. I find it very, very entertaining.
1: It's very well written.
3: It's very well written. I agree. So I just went through all of that again. It's so good. Enjoyed it so much. Well, good times. All right, Jerry.
2: uh My one thing is something that Phil actually introduced me to last week, which is a little phone app game called Warhammer Tactics. Super fun. It's Super a lot of fun. fun. It's if you've played app games like Marvel Strike Force or Conquest of that it's a you build a team, but it's based in the Warhammer 40k universe. Um, I love the Warhammer 40k universe. I've been 40 k all the way back when it was just called uh, was it space chaos, I think, back in the days of early Warhammer. No, I didn't even know that. Um <laughs> it was something, it was, it was, it was pre-Rogue Trader when they just had some stuff in the back of one of the best of, of White Dwarf magazines. Um, and it, it's this is a fun game. You basically start with a couple of characters and you build the characters up. And unlike games where you just like put your characters here, fight against here, there's terrain. There's movement, there's ways to use your team to support each other. Um, it's like a, if you're familiar with, with things like, like Mordheim and Gorka Marca, it's that kind of small squad-based uh, scenarios. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. I, I grumble at it because they try to make it balanced, which means that some of the models in the game do not act like they would in the, in, in the tabletop game. Um, I used to be the event coordinator for a hobby shop where I ran Warhammer 40k tournaments like three times a week um so we we were seriously in depth in, in depth i used to have not kidding i think i had like 30 different armies for Warhammer 40k i had different flavors and different things so it was a lot of fun so it's fun to get back into this and be able to do cool things and see a melter work like a melter and see you know rots running around and orcs being kind of goofy and mm-hmm. uh the chaos bad guys being horribly
0: terrifying yeah it's, it's, a lot of fun. it's between lot th- I think it's between three and seven or so. I think it, it, the max, like three or seven, you, you know. Five. Five, five, five units. Okay, three and five. So some missions are limited. So yeah. between three and five units on the field. So, yeah, in terms of balancing, like m- armies that in traditional 40K rely on the fact that there's like a million low-level grunts. That this is form, a skirmish you, game. You, you, they can't do that, yeah. right? So they, that's... I have always peripherally liked 40K, but I never really wanted to get into... Painting models or doing yeah. anything like that. So this is actually great for me because it uh it, it feels like a little war game, mm-hmm. which I really like. And I do actually over Strike Force. I do actually like the having to move and use terrain thing. It's a yeah.
1: it's it's hex based. It's a hex based grid.
0: Yeah, with terrain. It's yep.
1: five on. It's it's three to five on whatever the op- opposition is. Yeah, it's a tactics game. Yep. It's yep. fun and
2: it's yep. fun. It's... And, you, and you can you can play against. You you can you can form a guild. We just formed a guild, the Rust Belt. Guild. Yes, the Rust Barth Guild, and, uh, and and you can so you can play as a team. You, you also can play against other players if you want. Arena, arena, um,
1: which isn't really PvP. It's you're playing against them. Their team that's AI controlled, yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. And there are some uh, there there are some some treasure scavenging modes. There are, um, survive the horde rush modes, mm-hmm. and, a lot. and so there's a lot of fun little things you can do with it. Um, yeah. And it, it also brings me back to the days of the original Rogue Trader, the original 40k game that came out was a book called Warhammer 40k Rogue Trader which was um small squad-based game, you generally had 10 to 20 models. Um, you could actually, there were actually points in there. You could design models. So if you wanted to give two of your Space Marines meltaguns, and stick an ogre in the group and that you could they had ways to point that out so you could have balanced things. And you played with them from from game to game. And um, while it wasn't hard codified hard in the game, it was easy to just like, okay, at the end of each game you get five more points to build your guys on. Mm-hmm. So you could play it like a skirmish game. This so reminds more me more of, more that. of that. It's also back when you bought, when you could buy the rule book and 30 minis for like, I think it was 15 bucks. I remember when.
1: So like 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's now like 60 bucks. I, than I, 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 30. I remember when the first of the big tanks, the land raiders came out, you got three rhinos or two land raiders, two land raiders was 15, three rhinos was 12 bucks. These days a single rhino is like 50. Yeah.
0: Um, so let me say this about yeah, the uh, that's uh, app. It's fun. So. I don't know the technical term for this. I'm just going to make up a phrase and then Chris will tell me what the correct term is if it exists. Maybe. This game is a currency salad. Yes. <laughs> there are like 12 currencies in this game that all do different things mm-hmm. and they all regenerate, collect, generate, mm-hmm. grow, shrink or whatever under a whole mess of rules and including purchases. Yes. So there don't, is, don't spend money. There's coins. There's raid tickets, prayers. Yep. There's uh, the black. Uh, Black stones there's, yeah. so and, and each of the and you
2: haven't probably gotten this yet, but the non-imperial forces have their own currencies as Oh, well. yeah, 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 yeah so, yeah, there's, they all so, do. The, so there's orc currency yeah. and there's Xenos currency. there's gas so currency. Yeah. It,
0: so it's it's it's
1: it's a gotcha game
0: it, yeah. Oh, it's a gotcha game and it's it's, it's onboarding yeah. experience is I'll say two things about the onboarding experience It's super strong. Yeah, because it does a lot of things quickly you win stuff. You get points. It starts to feed you, and then your dopamine hits. Then, are yeah, the constant. dopamine, the dopamine hit comes on constantly. Mm-hmm. I will say one thing I dislike is I wanted to use this on two different devices, and on my one phone, I have it like I played through. I logged into Apple Game Center, which means that now it's associated with my Apple Game ID. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it works on any of other, my other devices. So I wanted to put it on my iPad. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you can't get to the controls, the setting controls, to set like to put the apple id in until you play through the first five missions again mm-hmm. and do all of the level up like you can't like it it's so guided it's like 20 and minutes so it's like 20 minutes of your time yes but it's Maybe 20 minutes it's minutes 20 of minutes time. of shit i did and it doesn't count because as soon as i put my ID in, it was like oh i'll wipe out this instance for you and they, load should, your. they
1: should fix that you should write they to
0: should them and fix, tell a, them to fix it they should fix it so that if you have an id you can put yeah. it in right away but anyway otherwise it's
2: a, fun, it's a if, if you like i'll say if you like warhammer if you like those old turn-based games,
0: Strike Force. If you if
2: you like uh, games that give you high currency turnaround. If you're a fan of the 40k universe in general, if you like small tactics games, if you enjoy things like
0: like leveling up stuff, like,
2: Mord, like Mordheim or Gorkamorka or Necromunda. What's the new? What's what? Whatever the new. Whatever the new. Oh, I stopped paying attention. The, 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 there's a new There's a new 40k game that's out there now. That's based there is small the
0: tactics. Even if you don't like it's 40k, fun. if it's you fun. don't like 40k at all, and you like small unit tactics, if you mm. like leveling up things, if you yeah. like. Store like if you like campaign progression and things like that. This game is also fun. Yeah. Like you do not have to be a forty k guy because I'm hardly versed in it. Me too. And there, was able to the, like the other, jump right in. The other two things I like is that there are
2: be and you can play missions that you enjoyed. You can play them again. Um, unlike games exactly like you, it's, you actually it's, have it's, to as much as I enjoyed things like Strikeforce and that you can't go play a, a similar mission again. With this, if you are like, gee, I really liked that, or or you know, I liked this. I wonder what would happen if I mixed it up and played with these other models, or what if I did something a little different sometimes
0: you do that just to xp your model yeah Yep. like oh i'm gonna go back and play level 36 again just to it for
2: fun you can also play different ways. what i'm getting is you can play
1: it different ways you can you can try the same thing different ways get different tactics do you like jrpgs where you can grind your characters up in levels this has that in it too as long as you have enough energy which generally you will to begin with yeah
0: yeah you can you can without spending any money you can run the game out of most stuff except for the main campaign like you can run out of raid tickets you can run out of onslaught or whatever i haven't yet I, I've had a couple of runs where I've, like, I've dug in a little I've, too long. I have, and was like, oh, I, have, I should stop.
2: Every day I use up all my raid tickets. Of, I, I, end up, I end up out of all the consumable stuff except for coins and Blackstone every day.
0: That's why Jerry's like, is why I have our stuff. Yeah. 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 Proceed. All right. Uh, my turn, right? Yeah. Let's yeah. Cap this guy off. Um, You're talking about Minecraft? Yeah, I'm going to talk about Minecraft again. I'm having a good run. I really like this Dire Wolf 20, this 1.18 pack. I have done a few I got I broke through from early game to mid game now where I am not likely to die as much survived my first trip to the nether of which that nether update a few versions ago has made that place uh, even more of a hellscape mm-hmm. ah. I got my first items that I needed from the nether to make my life a little better better I've I've really un, I've been playing in the the magic mod ours ours nouveau which is, I think, the coolest magic mod I've ever seen for Minecraft in terms of stuff you can do. Like, I, It feels like you are casting spells, and you get to build spells.
3: Oh, that's fun. Which I think is really neat. Yeah, that's cool.
0: So I built a spell that uh, you shoot, and it injures the character, but it also then pr- uh, prevents them from moving. So you can then just run up and smack them a couple times, or run away. Okay. It's great for creepers. the sure. creeper starts moving in on you, you just hit them and hold them in place, and then shoot them a few more times. Anyway... I'm I'm just I'm in a place where I'm just playing it. I made a list. I think last weekend I made a list of like all these things that, that projects that I need to work on mm-hmm. and I've slowly been just kind of as I've been Interested like okay, I'll do this one. I'll start this one. Oh, I've run out of resources here Let me jump to this next one makes sense that kind of thing. So it's uh, it's a good pack I really I really like it. it is a kitchen sink. I think I've talked about this before there's way too many mods in it, but Ah, uh, you will find whatever you like in it. There's a even simple plane mod. I haven't built it yet, but you can build an actual plane and go flying around. Like it, it's like a little biplane, and then you that's just really fun. jump in it and take off. That sounds really and, cool. Okay, that sounds fun. Yeah, it, 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 it's pretty cool. so anyway, it, it, it's pretty cool. So anyway, it's been giving me a lot of life. Of I've
1: everything, of every time you talk about Minecraft, that's probably the neatest thing you've said.
0: The plane mod, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I don't know. You'd like the magic mod, the, 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 the magic mod. Oh, uh,
1: it sounds too in depth for me. I don't. Oh no, it's
0: not it's not, it's not too games. in depth for me. So it can't be too in depth for you.
1: Yeah, but you like building that stuff. Like I play Minecraft. I'm like, this is tedious.
0: You you have to you know just like just like they said in Rick and Morty, right? You got to craft a mine, mine to craft. Yes, exactly. To <laughs> <you> generate this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, my favorite, it's my favorite line when you it's, hear. No, there's nothing wrong with Minecraft. I think it's a great game. I just I just get it, bored. It is consistently the game... Like, I've played for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, in the modded space. I think if I was only playing vanilla, I'd be bored by now. But in modded Minecraft, like, I have never...
1: There's exactly one game that I've played for 10 years. Which it's is... called Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm.
0: But what about video game?
1: There's no video game that I've played for 10 uh, years. Ah,
0: so, yeah. But you've played JRPGs, like, different ones. Yes. you have but... a favorite genre? Uh,
1: I don't know that i have a favorite genre anymore no, that's
0: fair i think the thing the thing that keeps minecraft from aging out is that it's purposely blocky right it never looks every time yeah, an edition it's, comes it's out fine. it always looks about the same like i said it's cool
1: yeah, with me yeah i wish i just had something interesting to to ask you about it but i just don't because it's, yeah, it's it's, it's well
0: then at well that, let's move
2: into the bob mine
1: to craft craft
2: to mine yeah how about tell us about some patreon shout outs
3: yes it's time to shout out to our patrons so very, very special thank you to Brandon Barnes, Brandon Michael Smith, Brantley Harris, Brian King, Brian Kurtz, Chris Steele, Wah! Cubano, Eileen Barnes, Eric Mengi, and Heptilema. And thank you so much to everyone else for listening.
0: If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can get more of our content through YouTube, our YouTube channel, at youtube.com slash mark where we release videos on Tuesdays along with other content for our patrons.
1: You know, our uh, our videos are, are most, mostly just the initial segment of this show. So if you're a podcast listener, you want to see a video version of it, you can. If not, tell your friends, please. Yeah, do that. <laughs> and
2: you can also listen to some of the other shows, Mr. Can Mark Pot- Network, such as They're a Super Geek, Mastery Dungeons, Bones Throne Obsidian, Anna's Talking Games, The Gnome Cast, Bonus Experience, The Amazing Back Episodes of She's a Super Geek, and now, Backo to Advantage!
1: Daco with Advantage. With
2: Advantage. Daco with Advantage. This is what happens when I try Who's to writing this. this co- Who's writing this copy? That was me that time. <laughs> I still can't spell. Damn it. Anyway, you can and should check out some of our sibling podcasts,
0: Tabletop Bellhop, The Knights of the Night,
2: and the all-new GM Mastermind. Before you
0: break out your Blendomatic 2000 and dump your genres in there, leave us some feedback. You can reach us directly at the weird old email system. I Trust me, we're old. We know how to use it. Yes. MMP at MisdirectedMark.com. Hit us up on the Twitters, the show, and the network is at mark. Over here, I think, is Robert M. Everson. Yeah. GM Gerrymander. It's radio. The Light 101.
1: Where you can get your smooth jazz all day.
3: And me, DNA Phil. Remember that Patreon we mentioned earlier? If you want to support us and other shows from Misdirected Mark Productions, you can do that at Patreon.com slash MMP. Your patronage will get you access to the After Show podcast, our show notes. The Bamboo Lounge podcast and other special releases when they come out.
1: Well, this has been a misdirected Mark production. The media are of encoded designs, Mike. You can or Phil, you can punch this microphone. Mic drop. We out.